Hello and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And I'm Gabriel Brown. I'm an analyst with Heavy Reading. Gabe, thanks so much for uh, making the time for us. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Phil. You've got a very busy uh, schedule coming up at the Big 5G event. And uh, uh, by the time people hear this, they will be on their way, hopefully, to the event. And they'll be able to see some of this stuff in person. But uh, yeah, you're chairing like an entire afternoon uh, of stuff on uh, covering 5G networks. And and more specifically, uh, the evolution of the radio access network. Um, what... Uh, what sessions are are coming up on on your schedule, and and what uh, what kinds of topics uh, that uh, that you're talking about are you are you most uh, excited about? So I'm really looking forward to the event. Um, you know, it's it's good fun. It's a great you know great kind of place and moment to kind of just just connect with all different people. You know, friends in the industry, acquaintances, new people, get some ideas, um, mm-hmm. hang out a little bit. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm doing uh, uh, tons of panels and chairing and moderating all over the place. Um, obviously, a, a big focus is on is on five G RAN. Um, the the you know what, what's going on in the market there. The the, the move toward uh, standalone operation. Beyond that, to five G advanced, um, and then finally, I'm going to end up on a, a, a session. Something I've been trying to push a little bit is. Uh, around indoor 5G or 5G for venues, um, you know, where you have public access could be could be could be stadiums, transport hubs, offices, um, and that's may sit alongside private networks as well. But you know, that that's could, an area. I'm, it, it's a new area for the event, but I'm I'm putting a bit of emphasis on it. Could be giant cavernous convention centers that uh, don't seem to know how to turn the air conditioning off. That could also be one of those places. Am I correct? <laughs> Yeah, I mean those those are sort of what you think of as as big flagship you know venues. They're normally pretty good on mobile coverage. They are terrible on aircon control, I'm for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially in Texas. Um, uh, when, when we're talking about getting five G indoors, um, so obviously the first thing that that comes to mind is um, you know I, I mean it's it's an opportunity for carriers. I'd, I'd like you to kind of quantify like where how that opportunity sort of materializes for them because there's also a school of thought that says, well, wait a minute, isn't 5G or isn't Wi-Fi good enough? Can't you just, uh, you know, use Wi-Fi throughout your public venues and your, um, you know, and kind of uh, hand off from device to device? What's what's the, um, uh, the primary advantage of having a consistent 5G throughout? Yeah. I mean, it's... Um it's quite a long conversation. It's quite a complex and knotty topic. You know, there's, there's ins and outs to it. I think it's fair to say Wi-Fi is a good technology and works, you know, pretty well. Sometimes it works brilliant, sometimes works pretty well, sometimes less, you know. Um, so it's not like something that's, uh, you know, we're not in a disastrous situation by any means, but it is a question of um, if you want to make 5G better, put it where people spend most of their time. Um, if you want 5G to be a platform for, you know, going into sort of hackneyed phrases a bit, you know, digital services of, of some kind, well, put it where people are, you know, that's, that's, it seems a, a good thing to do. But it's a, it's a knotty issue because mobile networks are designed for outside in uh, service. So it's out on rooftops, towers, and they've got to penetrate into the building. 
as they do that, something called building entry loss. That's the attenuation of a signal as it passes through walls, windows, um, superstructures, things. Now, with 5G, if you think about mid-band, it's a higher frequency. At the same time, buildings are in the main getting better, like they're using more insulation or things like that, or sure. uh, you know, depending on where you go. So attenuation is getting worse. In um, As a rough rule of thumb, we say something like 20 to 30 dB of loss for attenuation, depending at, 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 at mid-band. So that can be the difference between, you know, having a good signal outside and having a signal inside or just dropping altogether. So um, that's that's sort of the problem. Um, addressing it's tricky, though, right, because, you know, operators don't really want to pay for indoor systems because, you know, the economics of being a mobile operator are what they are. Yeah. Um, but they do want to put service in there. So it's we've got to find a like an economic model that will work, um, and that's 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 the essence of it. Really, it's pretty good technical solutions, but it's got to be some got to be the right economic. Essentially, landlords, building owners, those sorts of people have to uh, step up a bit. Yeah, that's a great topic, and I, I'll I'll leave the rest of it for the the conference. But that's a great topic to to um, to tease ahead of time because it has an enterprise angle for sure. Mm-hmm. It has a service provider angle for the, you know, for the fact that they need to take care of customers, uh, you know, upsell services and continue, you know, and, and also preserve their profit margins and that sort of thing. Um, and, and it's a technically difficult situation to address because you've got uh, lots of venues, lots of, like you said, lots of uh, interference and attenuation happening and, uh, a defined, a definable degradation of service. So, um, so, so something has to be done. It can't be, it's, it's not like people aren't going to notice. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this will be something I'm looking forward to, to sitting in and, and listening to, uh, as well. Uh, Kelsey, do you, do you have any topics you want to, uh, pick on real quick or I can, I can keep going. Yeah. I saw Gabe, you also have like a couple panels on, um, VRAN, open RAN, um, what's going on in the, in the RAN market, all the RAN, RAN around. Anyway. RAN, 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 RAN. RAN, What are you looking forward to discussing there? Yeah, well, it's RAN market is probably, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not certain of this, but I think it's probably the biggest single market in telecom equipment, probably, you know, albeit it's many markets, it's more complex. Sure. Um it's it, it's pretty interesting. I mean, we've been through two or three two years of real booming investment. You know, um, the market has probably peaked in va- in value and volume terms last year uh, in, in in the US. I think this year is going to still be pretty strong. But you know, there's you've seen all the the vendor results and things. There's inventory adjustments and whatnot that that, that, that they're talking about. But um. What, what I guess the point I wanted to make about it, even though we're off the peaks, it's still a strong market. But beyond that, actually more important than what the the vendor situation is, this equipment that's been deployed at record pace is actually going to be what's in service for the next five to seven years. So all this money's gone in, and it's not just disappearing. That's not that you know you'll hear a lot of things about the market's peaked, it's over. It's actually not. Sure. This is all stuff that's going to be productive assets for you know, five to seven years and, and you know, driving up all, a ton of service innovation and, and the industry 
for for service providers and and, and customers. Um, so so that's that's one point I'd, I'd, I'd make. Pretty interesting we have as well. I think some of the vendors have been saying um, North America is about fifty percent of sites uh, as the US, but fifty percent of sites now have massive MIMO deployed for for this midband, um, you know, five G. That's the, the that's the big deal. That's a that's a big number, right? That's a good deal more than I had expected. Got got got, mm-hmm. got to say that for one thing. And I think a lot of people in this originally a few years ago were talking, well, you're going to deal with your your top traffic sites first, and then then we'll see. Do you need massive MIMO? Now they're talking about um, nearly every site is going to have this technology deployed on it. So it's, it's bringing in you know it's bringing in huge capabilities. The reason they can do that is that massive advances the vendors have made in uh, in the products in quite a short place space of time and it's everything you know it's a whole part of that from silicon right through to the manufacturing process um it's getting you know affordable to put this everywhere now it's it's quite remarkable yeah it's a big help with coverage one would think and uh and and, and service continuity um i'm 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 very curious to see how the RAN evolves, even even after this stuff is installed, because we've got this kind of steady march from, you know, the kind of the appliance-based network to virtualizing network functions and kind of moving stuff more to the cloud. Um, how how uh how much uh I guess activity do you anticipate is happening in the um, in the move to get more and more of the five G network? Uh, based in the cloud, you know, whether it's uh, the core itself or, or various network functions? Um, that is a sort of a good question. It's a difficult um, answer, I think. It's one of these things where there's a, um, a lot of different definitions of, of cloud and what, specific, you know, what, you, what you're talking about. I think... Um, um, well, I do it's notice, it's I mean, a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Um, uh, you, on the one side, you've got um, undoubtedly lots of work going to sort of create cloud-native applications, right, for 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 the the five um, G network, whether that's RAN or particularly in the in the core, uh, and that's underway. Are they being deployed onto sort of fully cloud-native infrastructure with everything that goes with it? In some cases, yes, that's happening. In other cases, not so much. Um, so basically that is the direction of travel it's just it's not kind of so easy as it looks and it's taking quite a bit of time and um but yeah. but yeah that the broadly that's that, that's the direction of travel where where it came up for me recently was i was talking to an operator about you know kind of what their goals were for their 5G network and they were saying that one of the one of the big ones is to you know move off of this appliance-based sort of existence and get as many functions onto either either the cloud or to common platforms, you know, for for mm-hmm. for management reasons and efficiency reasons, but also long-term for sustainability reasons to kind of make everything um, easier to to handle. Um, are, are is is energy efficiency and sustainability a big uh, discussion point? Uh, with 5G carriers uh, at this point, or is it? Are we still so early in the build-out phase? You know, um, I know people think 5G's here, we've got service, but I mean, I think the the build-out's going to continue for many, many years. Um, mm. 
where, where does sustainability sort of rank in the, uh, in, in some of the discussions? Yeah, massive topic. Um, what I'm going to be really interested to see is where it ranks in the American discussion, True. Um, because yeah. it's the way they, same reason they keep the aircon on too long and things like that. <laughs> it's um, right. you know and and how, it, it, how it, when we have like five blocks to go, we drive we drive there. <laughs> that kind of thing. Maybe they just keep cranking the power on the on the five G radios, and you know, don't worry about <laughs> right. it. I mean, I, don't, I actually don't think that's quite how they look at it. It's, in the opera, it's quite a sophisticated. Um, uh, community, right? They're, they're thinking, you know, in a way, energy uh, efficiency is good engineering. So, um, you know, that, uh, people have that huge, huge topic here in Europe. I mean, um, uh, where I am now, obviously, the price of energy is higher. Um, I think even if you take that out of it, you know, the price, the engineering side, the other aspect is, of course, um, Large organisations that are that are that are buying telecommunications service, they're putting an increasing weighting on um, energy efficiency and environmental sustainability. In the, you know when they're awarding contracts, so whereas that might have had a five percent weighting before, it's ten percent, fifteen percent now, and, and going up. So it's actually you know, good business practice as well for for an operator to be, you know, working to be more energy efficient. And also showing how they're doing it. I'm, I'm really interested to see what the what the kind of discussion is in in in, in the US on that. We, you know, we're over in. Um, I was over last in in December. Mm-hmm. It was a topic, but it wasn't. It wasn't like you go to um, telecom event in Europe. It's like you know, that is the thing we want to talk yeah. about. Yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely something that's in everybody's annual report, but I don't hear that many people talking about it. Um, you know, on the day to day or as a as a, it doesn't come up in earnings conference calls, for instance. Um, you know, if somebody deploys something new, they might say there's some energy savings, but they're not. They're saying that to to signal that it'll be a profitable deployment. They're not <laughs> they're not associating any kind of uh, a priority to it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that stuff, uh, evolves. Um, I've, i am also curious about the 5g standalone market, um, and how, mm-hmm. how we're progressing there, uh, before I, uh, go that direction, Kelsey, was there any, anything else you wanted to, to pick on? Oh, no, I was going to ask about that and about, um, you know, one of your panels mentions a roadmap to 5g advance. So, um, more Perfect. About that, well, yeah. You don't have to give us the whole roadmap, obviously. Yeah, some just for the panel, maybe but. <laughs> like the start or if there's any speed bumps we should look out for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, standalone's obviously the, the in, before 5G advance, you know, sort of has to go has to go that way around, I guess. Um, yeah, and great topic. It's, it's something that um, has exercised uh, a, a lot of operators, you know, planning functions and, and engineering teams and design th- teams really to, to, to the max. Very complicated because I think in the first instance, you've got to have a, a really great RAN to, to, to run standalone. So that's, t- and actually that's somewhere where the US investment, North American investment has been very good. So in a way it's helped relative to some other markets. You've got it in a pretty good position there to, to to start doing it but you've got to have a really good round to start you've got to have broad coverage and deep capacity in in a, in a wide area 
there's all so much goes into it. You've got to have enough low band to aggregate with it. You've got to have compatible devices. You've got to have a cloud native 5G core. I mean, I have to have that. But that, that, so there's many, many parts yeah. that 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 that, that, that are, uh, are playing in it, and um, sort of making that step is 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 a lot of work. I think it's happening. I think it's just it's going to be step by step rather than a, rather than a big bang. Yeah, the the national carriers in the U.S. I mean, they've just got so much ground to cover with this, you know, that they can't they can't possibly do it all at once, especially not with moving parts of the five G core into the cloud. But they they're doing it gradually for sure. I mean, I've talked mostly to AT and T about it. They, you know, they're it's it's on the roadmap. They're moving ahead with it. It's just mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, like you said, it's it's something we uh, it'll happen over time. You know, it'll just be a kind of a constant evolution as opposed to something that happens uh, soon. But yeah, and T-Mobile have um, obviously they're live. They're probably the you know outside of China, they're probably the global reference really um, yeah. for you know doing it right. Um, and obviously, Mike's had a couple pieces on on the site about you know Verizon um, getting getting live in some form this year and and, and bringing in some form of kind of network slicing type service. So there's, 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 there's progress. Yeah. They've been testing it a lot. Um, with Amazon, I'm, I'm very curious to talk to Verizon executives. There's going to be quite a few at the show and, um, uh, there's a handful of speakers from Verizon. It'll be interesting to, to hear them weigh in on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was going to say, Gabe, you've got some like really excellent speakers on your panels from a lot of different, um, service providers and a couple vendors in there too. Looks good. Yeah, well, we hope so. To some of that's uh, the credit for that really has got to go to Melina, who's you know been yeah. doing all the invites <laughs> and everything. Um, but but yeah, obviously, uh, uh, an event is you know panels are based on on the speakers really. Yeah, moderators just got to roll up. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> roll up, know something, <laughs> keep the crowd uh, from running away. I'm in it. I'm here. Let's go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those are that's how my panels start. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm here. Does anyone have coffee? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Just a, a litany of complaints before I get to the topic. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, everybody knows what I'm up to. Uh, uh, well, Gabe, we're, we're looking forward to a, a seeing you in person. B uh, uh, hearing uh, what you have to say about the market, the Rand market, especially where things are going, and uh, and then uh, you know, yeah, seeing some of these panel discussions. I think it'll be a, a very interesting week, very educational week, and like you said. Uh, a, a pretty excellent event for networking. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not too, it's not too big of a place. You can get, a, you can get around and meet uh, mm-hmm. quite, a, quite a number of people without, uh, without too much trouble. So I always look forward to that. Uh, the, the, uh, the fact that everybody's in close proximity and uh, there to, you know, to chop it up and talk about what's going on. So that'll be, that'll be kind of exciting. Uh, and, and so we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Kelsey.